Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hello there and welcome to another Irish Examiner Paper Talk and a very busy programme this Monday as we look back on a double weekend in the Allianz League. Hurling quarterfinals, relegation playoffs plus make or break for numerous counties in the Football League. Irish Examiner's GA correspondent John Fogarty joins us on the line. John, only one place for us to start this morning, that was at Nolan Park and a historic day for Wexford Hurlers against their Kilkenny hosts. It was called 1957, uh, the last uh, victory in Nolan Park for Wexford, and um, a, a very sweet one. Um, I would have expected Kilkenny, uh, obviously I tipped Kilkenny, uh, like a, a few other people, to safety in numbers in that regard. Um, but I expected Wexford to put up a fight. I didn't expect them to win the game, but clearly the momentum that they have now from Division 1B, they've carried into this, and you could see yesterday that number one that they had a system but number two they had the personnel as well like I think Davey brought four players off the bench Kenny brought one player off the bench and you know that is the standout statistic there again apart from the the the, the result of course is that Kenny don't have that depth whereas Wexford you know there's obviously a couple of players missing for Kilkenny but then again there's players missing um, injury wise for, for, for Wexford too and and yet um David can call on these guys. He he has that system down to a T. Um, the 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 sweeper. It's certainly there's no fans of it in in Kilkenny, and um, they're going to have to find a way to plot around it now. Come um, come the summer, because you would imagine Wexford are going to beat the the Leinster quali- the team that comes through the Leinster qualifying group, and it's going to be a packed house in Wexford Park in in June. How do you think uh, Brian Cody is feeling this morning? Um, a second league quarter final defeat in a row, um, and obviously, you know, Kilkenny have such a break now that they, they'll definitely be able to pack this league campaign. But Cody will ha- be hoping that he gets the the, the guys back for, from injury. There, there's in fact, you know, the, the obviously that Michael Fenley is is such an integral part. As much as Killian Buckley has shown that he is a man for all seasons and certainly a man for for midfield, but. Um, Buckley and Fenley in the middle of the field would be such a formidable partnership but we just don't know if he's going to come back obviously uh, Colin Fenley wasn't playing there as well yesterday and there's still too much on TJ Reid and Richie Hogan's shoulders you know uh, we've said it before about Joe Canning that how much is rested on his shoulders and we saw it again yesterday but it there really is a hell of a lot of a burden put on the two guys to perform and obviously TJ is scoring um, a lot from freeze he only scored one point from play Richie Hogan scored only one point from play they were really frustrated and this is what Wexford are going to do to teams not just Kilkenny they're going to they're going to ask questions of Tipperary on Sunday week now as well in the in the semi-final because 
uh, you know, Tipperary have a forward line that could certainly take most te- most uh, teams to the cleaners. Uh, you know, when they're when they're on fire, but. Fischer will have a, a plan for them and uh, the, the, the sweeper system seems to be wor- working again to a tee. The players have really bought into it. Like They, they were training like like dogs really um, in January. Um, he, Davey would have done the same with Waterford before. He would have trained them you know, the majority of January. He, done it, he did it with Clare too. And, um, you know, they're probably ahead of other teams at the moment in terms of fitness and, and, and ball work at the moment. Um, uh you know, other teams will obviously catch up uh, come the summertime. But you know, make hay while it, while while the sun is shining, and that's what it is in Wexford right now. No, uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago, John, just in terms of uh, Davy and the Wexford project, and I think it was the Monday after they had secured promotion to Division One A. Question I asked you then: Was there a fear that Wexford were showing too much too soon? What do you think now after progressing to a semi final? Um. I, I, I still like obviously the you know our front page was the killer bees um the fact that three division one B teams are true and you know I still make the argument called that uh, that we're looking at um th- that we're looking at division one A teams and they're almost relieved to be in in uh, to be uh, have retained their um, top flight status and whereas the division one B teams are coming in like Limerick had, had a point to prove Cork were probably a little bit more relaxed but. Um, Wexford, I just think it's momentum that that's getting them through at the moment. I think they're ahead of ahead of sides, um, particularly Kilkenny, as we saw. Like it wasn't any great surprise to to to, to many people as much as it was an upset to to win in Nolan Park as they did. Um, you know the 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 the, the, the depth that they have. You know, Liam Dunn obviously did a fine bit of work with them over the last while, but Fitzgerald has taken them to another level now. The amount of challenge games that they would have played in preparation for this the, um, Division One B campaign, and now that they've beaten Kilkenny again, it's a huge thing. Like I think Fitzgerald has never Fitzgerald has never lost a game in Division One B over. I think the three times that he's been there, and he's brought the team up every time. So it's a, it's the, it's it's the, so much of it is down to Fitzgerald. But he he's reignited something in in these players. Call him like we all knew that Conor McDonald, the likes of Lee Chi and Matthew Allen, they're all fine hurlers, but. You could see that just by their body language in this game yesterday. Watching the highlights last night, that they 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 look so much more like a team that are, are going to compete with 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 outfits. You know, there was um, you could you could see that their chests were up throughout it all. And if it, if it wasn't for Owen Murphy's heroics in that first half, you know, we could have been talking about a a bigger victory for for Wexford. Okay, you were in uh, Pierce Stadium. Some crowd there, uh, of course, on Sunday with the footballers in action against uh, Kildare. You were there though for uh, the hurling. I, I'm I'm a bit surprised that Watford and very much a, a second string Watford pushed Galway as close as they did. Yeah, very much so. Um, they were almost shooting, at, uh, scoring at will um, in the in the opening stages. They were very impressive, um, and you could see a lot of these fringe players were taking this opportunity to to show their worth to. Um, 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 Derek McGrath and and Mar- and uh, Dan Shannon and Morris obviously was got a start after his suspension there and and performed well around the half forward line. Um, the big story I would imagine, the way, apart from those couple of fringe players like um, you know Stephen Roach, uh, Tommy Ryan, apart from them impressing during their um, time on the field was Tom Devine and just how much he's growing into a a, a target man at, at the edge of the square. Like we were talking, we're talking about Dahi Burke here, a two time All Star. 
are probably the best fullback in the country and he was beaten twice by Devine and, and, and just how strong he's never faced anything like that, like him before yeah how, how, how tall how big is he uh, John uh, this, this well obviously you know people know him from the, the Ireland's fittest family and um, that he is a, a bit of a man mountain he's a he's a huge back like he's he's about six foot two and um, but he, he, like I, I think Derek McGrath said he didn't want to use the word barreling but certainly you wouldn't want to get in this man's way like obviously his touch has come on um, leaps and bounds this year it was probably the one thing that was holding him back that you know the the skills weren't exactly there and obviously listen he's he's studying to be a doctor as well that's going to take a lot out of him but he has impressed so much so over the last two games three goals in two games now Colin that you would if you know if, if Waterford were looking at a, a semi-final on Sunday week that he, he, he couldn't be dropped he's just offering so much for them there at the moment and um, providing he keeps it up you can see him playing against Tipperary or Cork now in the in the Munster semi-final uh, in June and starting that game Was it back to the same old issue though with Galway again overly reliant on Joe Canning? Yeah much so and uh, like David Burke came into it as well and listen David Burke is a fabulous hurler too but he did, he had a shaky first half um, I was very impressed with Cahill Mannion um, he set up the he won the two penalties he set up the goal uh, for, for Cooney in the first half he was, he was very impressive that way but it was the Joe show again and um, like uh, Michal Dunhu uh, revealed afterwards that he had brought in an injury into the game he had picked up an injury in the win over Limerick last week and like when you're seeing Joe being you know like clearly Galway wanted to win the game because otherwise Joe wouldn't, wouldn't have been starting you would have imagined but even injured he was so so impressive and it was him who took it you know I think he had picked up four or five wides you're always going to get that with, with Joe at times you know you're never going to get the ultimate perfect day but what he gives when he's on song like that um, he, he's quite fabulous really Okay now Tipperary against Offaly uh a huge score in this game. Uh, Tipperary winning easily as expected, but equally concerning to concede three thirteen. Um, possibly so. Uh, looking at the highlights last night and again at them this morning, um, the oh, like the, a couple of the goals were quite sloppy. But again, um, when, when when Tipperary want to be mean in defence, they'll be mean in defence. I wouldn't imagine that Mike Ryan is going to take this. Um, Anyway, as a warning sign or anything like that, again, we've, we've made the point about Tipperary and the rotation uh, uh, process um, uh, in terms of personnel over the last while. They've been producing results. I think, like Michael Ryan treated this game quite seriously because he didn't want to, you know, obviously he didn't want to lose it. I didn't think he was, was going to lose it anyway, but you saw by the strength of the side that he had put out that he didn't want to follow up the, the, the defeat to Cork and the draw with Kenny with another um, an, an, another um, defeat in, in that way and um, obviously like they were far too strong Callanan looks looks sharper and sharper you know it was the same story with him last year he, he wasn't so sharp early on in the league but he came into it um, a little bit more as it went on and by the summer he was just fabulous and uh, I, I, listen Shane Dooley's always going to get you something and you know, okay, a couple of the goals were sloppy, and Darren Gleese would have expected to do better with them, um, but not, nothing to fear there for Tipperary. Okay, a game of two halves in Cusick Park, Ennis between Clare and Dublin, and a result that sees Dublin down into Division 1B for uh, next season. Uh, how big of a blow is this to Jer Cunningham? Um, I don't think a huge one. I, I like. 
I, I know the jury's out on Dublin at the moment and the fact that they had their, their cool guys back, they were going to be more competitive against uh, against Clare here, but you know, they had something of a brain fart in the early uh, early part of that second half when, when um they got they got hit for what was a one four or one five uh, consecutively. Um I thought Dublin had a better campaign than you know what what it looks like on paper. Obviously, they only won one game, but they were competitive in it all. And you know they have brought through a couple of players like Don Burke there, and um, he's been very impressive. And and Jer Cunningham knows the spine of his team um, as much as Liam Rush was. Uh, they experimented with Liam Rush there, and uh, and uh, at the weekend, um, you know this Dublin team. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be so worried about them whether Jared Cunningham is in charge next year or not remains to be seen but um it would you know division 1B hasn't hurt other teams I don't think it's going to hurt Dublin too much I think they would have been most people's favorites to go down at the start of the the campaign but they uh, they went down more in a more begrudging fashion than I thought they would Okay, let's turn our attention to the football and, and don't forget we're going to have uh, Owen Cormican here in studio in a few minutes' time to talk about the uh, Limerick-Cork hurling game just in case uh, people are waiting on that one. Turning our attention to the football, um, the calculators were out, the heads were being scratched yesterday as results were coming in. Uh, in the end, Kerry and Dublin in a league final in Crow Park next Sunday. I'm sure the uh, the bean counters in GA headquarters will be delighted with that. Will Eamon Fitzmaurice be as happy? I think so. Um I think so. I, I like obviously people are going to make the point that they they, they have to they have to really improve this record against Dublin that they have at the moment. It's it's not going well, well whatsoever. And I think Fitzmaurice, you know, not that he's getting the excuses in early, but he's he's right in one way in that a, a game under lights in Austin Stack Park um, in the middle of March is going to be different to, to a, a Division One final in Crow Park, um, but, but it's there where where they know they're going to have to, uh, to beat Dubs the, the Dubs area later in the year if if it works out that way. Obviously, um, like Fitzmaurice has made the point that he's going to be missing players as well for the next time, but. Uh, um, if any, if if that round if that uh, draw is anything to go by um, on the St Patrick's weekend, then we're in for a cracker, uh, a cracker in 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 more ways than one. Because what went on off the ball during that match was uh, was almost scandalous at times. These are two teams that really don't like each other. Obviously, there's respect there, but you don't, you know, they 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 they, they have the they have a nuanced relationship in the way that they can respect each other, but they certainly not like each other. And I think that's going to manifest itself on the field again. I think we're talking black cards. We could be even talking red cards as much as nobody wants, you know, obviously um, a suspension would, uh, barring a draw would, would lead to a, uh, sorry, a, a red card would lead to a suspension come the come the championship. So uh, I, I I expect Kerry to listen. They don't have a game for nine weeks after this. I think Dublin don't have a game for seven or something like that. I expect them. There's no. They're, they're going to have to empty the tank in in some ways. And you know, as much as Kerry would obviously love to break their um, to break this uh, uh, losing slash uh, failure to to win Dublin record uh, failure to beat Dublin record over the last while. In, in an All-Ireland Championship you know th- th- there's no time like the present really 
Now, uh, Eamon Fitzmaurice didn't didn't bite on Paul Kern's comments uh, last week. I think it was in the Evening Herald where he was saying that the Kingdom should be ashamed of themselves for their setup against Dublin in the league game in uh, Austin Stack Park actually two or three weeks ago. But obviously a bit of an, an annoyance for the Kerry management and the Kerry public. Yeah, yeah. Like... Fitzmaurice, Fitzmaurice, like you know, he took a lot of bold decisions, um, certainly from the from the outset of his management, and he realised that they had to change things. Going otherwise, they were going to they were going to die in a sense. They were going to they were they were going to uh, to lose a lot more games than they have been doing. And you know, you got you got to give credit to Fitzmaurice like that, and to to and to carry supporters in a way as well because they they've understood it now. Obviously, they're they're blind to a few things, just as Dublin supporters are as well. Like Curran uh, talks about, um, you know, like like how how on Kerry like uh, they set themselves up in that game against Dublin. But you know, Dublin uh, aren't afraid. To, you know, we've seen Kieran Kilkenny playing almost like like obviously he played uh, at centre back against Monaghan there at the weekend. But um, we've seen Kieran Kilkenny um, pass the ball from side to side a lot over the last while. You know. Dublin, when they're allowed to play, will play football, and Kerry will too. They will play football when they're allowed to play. But, um, you know, I think Curran should, and I have a lot of time for Paul Curran. I think he's an excellent manager, and you know, if if Desi Farrell isn't the man for Dublin um, after after Gavin, I think Paul Curran is. Um, I think he's certainly done enough at um, at, at club level to to to, put, to 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 be considered. But I think he's I think he overstepped the mark a little bit on this one because you know Kerry are just doing what they have to do, and it's it's. It's a form of respect to, to to Dublin too that they're setting up this way. Like Kerry are still putting up a lot of scores, a lot of like it was scores that got them into this uh, league final. So, um, you know, and they put up a fine a total against Dublin. So I I don't know where he's coming from in that regard. Like Kerry obviously had this conveyor belt coming, but it's it's going to take another year or two for it really to to come to fruition. And I think Dublin know what's coming down the line, and they want to strike strike while the iron is hot at the moment. And what's uh, what's the, what's there at the moment is uh, is a fine Kerry team, but you know it can be better. And I think Fismaris is cutting his cloth really at the moment uh, for the time being. And again, he is without a lot of players. Okay, well, it'll add an extra bit of spice to the uh, Allianz League Division One final in Crow Park on Sunday. Very, very quickly, just looking down through the lower divisions, uh, John Galway Kildare, uh, you caught that game before the uh, hurling action on Sunday. What did you make of the Kildare decision to um, basically put out a, a second team? Yeah, and, and much like uh, the Waterford hurlers uh, in the game that followed, Colm, um, they were more competitive than expected and Galway looked very nervous. Um, there was a right bit of needle to this game and I fancy now the, the repeat in the in the final on Sunday is going to be quite tasty too. Like Kildare picked up uh, three black cards. You know, Emma Bolton didn't look fit at all. Um, Gary Sice took a, a serious blow from Pascal Connell there on, um, off the ball as well. So, it, there was there was no love lost, and I, I fancy that it's going to be a, a hard hitting game again at the weekend. Um, Kildare obviously didn't do Mead any favors by putting out a team like that, but they were competitive, and uh, um, you know I, you would have fancied Galway to win it anyway, even if Kildare because Kildare, you know, at least with a, with a weakened team, Kildare had guys who were who were hungry, whereas you might have questioned the motivation of their uh, their first team players, considering that they had. Um, 
that they had uh, secured promotion already. Okay, finally, just in the football, uh, you have to say nearly result of the day, Tipperary defeating Armagh up in the athletic grounds. Uh, some story after all the highs of last season uh, into the Division 3 final and, and Division 2 football for uh, 2018. Very much so, and uh, it would have been sweet for these guys because a couple of years ago they were very incensed um, by some of the decisions um, made. I think it was David Coldrick at the time was the referee um, in in an opening game which Armagh won, and they believed that you know that they were um, not robbed, but certainly Peter Creedon, the, the manager at the time, got into a bit of trouble for some of the comments he made about the referee, and I, I believe he served a sideline ban. But this would have been sweet revenge for that, and the way they, they, the way they did it, would, it was incredible too. Quinlivan, I've seen him call him during this league um, once, to, yeah, no, uh, on one occasion and he, against Longford, and he was, he was out of this world. And obviously, with three goals there like that, he's he's continued that loss there, form from last year. Okay, and uh, thanks very much to John for his uh, review of the action over the weekend. We're going to turn our attention now to the uh, action that was done in uh, Porky Wren, and that was the clash of Cork and Limerick. And uh, Owen Cormican was there for us. Uh, Owen, uh, victory for uh, Limerick. Um, what was the, the mood, first of all, in the Cork campus was after a very topsy-turvy campaign to this point? Disappointment yesterday, obviously. Um, look, they came into this game with a lot of confidence off the back of the wins against Tip and Waterford. Um, so they would have been expecting to, to, to push on and secure a league semi-final place. That it didn't happen, frustrated them. The performance more so, it, there was just no zip, no buzz. But I think when they took stock, um, they'll look back and they'll say this was a very good league campaign three wins out of five from the round robin basis which was in stark contrast to this time last year when they had zero wins out of five but more importantly the the players they've they've blooded i was just looking there this morning you know they've introduced new players in every line and not just for the sake of looking them looking at them you know ticking a box um for league purposes but players that probably will start against tip on the 21st of May, Cullum Spillane in the full back line, Mark Coleman in the half back line, who's been exceptional and started all of the games this spring. Dean Brosnan coming in at midfield for four starts, and then you have had, you know, this array of young players who've come into the attack: Luke Mead, Shane Kingston, Dara Fitzgibbon, and Michael Cahalan. Um, Kingston and Mead, in particular, I think will start. So I think they've got six new players onto the team. So that has to go down as a good league from that perspective. Now you mentioned though a lack of zip yesterday what was that done to I'm not really sure um Pat Hart it seemed to suggest afterwards that it was because of the hugely intense nature of division 1a that you just cannot take your foot off the pedal um during the round robin stages whereas Limerick um you know would have had tough games against Galway and Wexford but then not so tough games against Leash Offaly and Kerry and that perhaps they were fresher because they didn't have to empty the tank Sunday after Sunday but I I don't know can you use that as an excuse because as I said earlier Cork were coming into this game with you know real momentum after taking the All-Ireland champions on their home patch and going to Waterford so that it didn't happen is frustrating and you know the old issues were raised as to just why it didn't happen why they were flat but I think on, on this occasion when you look at the spring as a whole you can just write off this game as a once-off, given there were so many good performances in the round robin. And I think overall, when they look back, they'll be reasonably happy with their spring's work. Okay, but does this result and this performance really sum up maybe a lot of the frustration that Cork Hurling supporters have? The fact that they can go out one week, 
beat the All-Ireland champions and then seven days later go out and be beaten by a side that they've already beaten, was it twice this year? Yeah, it does raise that argument, you know, do you ever know where you stand with this with this Cork hurling team? What are we what are we going to get? But I, I, I still think they'll just the fact that they got the, the three wins, if they'd come into this with maybe, you know, only a win or two and it's scraped over the line in the round robin in terms of avoiding relegation, you'd be asking you'd be looking into this deeper than than we actually were. But I still think they'd be reasonably happy. And also you have to, you know, the Cork performance, you know, you have to counter that against Limerick, who were under who were under massive pressure and needed the result more so than Cork. And, you know, it was still level at 117 apiece um, with two minutes remaining. So it wasn't as if Cork were out of the game, you know, from a long way out. They were there right up until the death. But just when push came to shove, Limerick, I felt, needed the result more because, of, as we said, they had a really difficult spring where they finished third in 1B, which is their worst finish in a very long time. Um, so you could see that just when, when push came to shove, they needed the result. They got the scores to to get over the line. And probably in the back of the Cork mindset was, well, we've had a decent enough round robin here. So, you know, okay, defeat is disappointing, but it's not the end of the world. Is the John Kiley Limerick very different to the, the TJ Limerick? Limerick seem to be in the situation, you know, where we, we're always talking about Cork and that you don't know what you're going to get. I saw them against Wexford in the, the first round um, and an outstanding first half, then a no-show in the second half. The same against Galway. And they're the two games from their round robin that you'd look at because they were the two important games where they were playing teams of equal standard and they really didn't show it. And here yesterday, you know, they were really, really impressive. They were 1-4 to 2 ahead after 11 minutes. And even though Cork came at them for a run of 1-5, it didn't seem to knock them at all. They came back and they were level by half time and kept in touch the whole way through. So I'd be really interested to, to see what they produce against Galway because they've been far more inconsistent than the team they've played yesterday. And I think we will lo- we'll know a lot more about Limerick um, after the league semi-final. But if they don't put in a performance against Galway, then you're looking at a league where really they had only one impressive performance and that was yesterday at Porky Okay, uh, another blow for Cork uh, off the field. Uh, Damon Cahillan's injury, how serious? Uh, we're not so sure. Pat Hartman wasn't giving a whole pile away yesterday. Damien was named at full back for yesterday's game. We were told over the PA before throwing that David, young David Griffin from Carrigaline was coming in. And then when we were told that someone else would be wearing the number three shirt, we took it that Damien wasn't present at all in Porkyrin. Um, so he's having an MRI scan today on his Achilles tendon, which was picked up at, that injury was picked up at training last week. Um, Pat doesn't seem to know the time frame, so as to how long he'll be sidelined for, I imagine they'll get a much clearer picture when the results uh, of that come back. But obviously, look, they'll be sweating. They have a month and a half um, until until the Tipperary game. Certainly, they have more options in attack than defence, and Damien's had a pretty solid league at full-back, so they'll certainly want him fit and healthy for May 21st in Semple Stadium. And thanks indeed to Owen for that. Uh, that's it for this week's uh, Paper Talk podcast. We're back again uh, next Monday. We'll be looking back on those uh, Allianz Football League finals in Division 1, 2, 3 and 4. Thanks also to John Fogarty and to Larry Ryan, who was producing the programme. We're back again, as I said, next Monday. Don't forget, you can check us out on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes and on the Irish Examiner website, www.irishexaminer.com forward slash paper talk. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 